Hi, and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. And Lee. And no Chris, I'm afraid. He's um, a little little tied up this week, but um, he sends his best and he'll uh, hopefully be with us next week. Talking of not being with you, sorry we didn't do one last week, but had um, database problems and I couldn't actually upload a show, so we couldn't record anything. It's it's all fixed now. Um, it was a temporary glitch. It was my fault. I tried to upgrade something and it didn't go as well as planned. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the uh, wonderful people at Cloud Above have um, got us through it. And uh, if you ever need web hosting, make them first on your list because, uh, well, they're ace. What more can I say? We even put their logos on our sim racing cars. They have uh, kept us here since... Mm. since... We, we did, we did, did we start hosting with Cloud Above? Yeah, we've always been we've always been hosted by them since uh, 2014 when we started the uh, started the forum even before the <laughs> podcast. Wow! And then, then Does we that still exist? Um, no, I've, I've wiped it all. <laughs> <laughs> but we start we started the podcast in 15. Yeah, eight years. Wild. I don't know. That, is, that seems so weird that we're, I mean, obviously, because this is how numbers work, but we're, we're closer, so much closer to 10 than we are, f- like, five. <laughs> it just, it doesn't seem, it, it seems weird, doesn't it, how, how close we are to being, being around for 10 years doing this? Oh, eight, eight years worth of Mondays. Yeah. Crazy. It, it's bizarre. Um, so as it's Monday and uh, all the news is happening tomorrow, we'll do what we know from this weekend. Yeah. Um, right, Australia then. Yeah, that was that was that was a weekend. Busy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I made a joke after watching the um after watching the F three qualifying on Friday with the amount of red flags that came out that there's a chance that it could be a complete shit show. I don't think I was wrong. Right, hear me out. I don't think it was a shit show because the when you think about it, the FIA followed the rules of what the FIA have said they were going to do. Oh, I don't, I don't mean a rule based shit show. Do you mean more a clusterfuck? Yeah, more okay. a clusterfuck than a shit show. Then, even so, I, I think um, there's questions on whether maybe maybe there's questions on whether a. Uh, safety car a red a red flag was needed especially in the album case i i think i think that one's got gone gone missing a little bit because there didn't seem to be any huge damage to the barrier or anything like that it was all turned around quite quickly i think officially they said it was gravel wasn't it which yeah yeah if you get everyone bunched up behind the safety car should be all right but, but the thing is i suppose it's it's unnecessary risk and we live in such a litigious world now that if you can if if you can minimize the like risk to like um marshals you know most of which come and like, give their time for free then it's probably a good idea um also it's horrible i i, I hate safety car for, uh, for procedures when you, you know you're just watching laps tick down and say, yeah you could be racing here so i'm i'm all down for dropping red flags and even the uh when you look at last year, when they when uh, sorry not last year, the year before when they messed up the um, like the season finale, like we we were saying back then, they should have just immediately dropped a red flag and restarted the race. And they've kind of done that now, and people still aren't happy. 
I think the person that was most happy about the red flag coming out was probably Pierre Gasly, so they could get the vacuum cleaner into his cockpit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he got showered, didn't he? I don't think he was so I don't think he was so amused by the next one. No. <laughs> was it the next one or the one after? No, it was the, red, red it was the one after because there were actually four in total, even though one yes. was after the chequered flag. Yes. Because I don't know I don't know if anyone noticed, but when Hulk broke down on the track, they brought the red flags out. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you know, the F- the FIA followed the rules, mm-hmm. followed followed the guidance. I think the issue is more that the rules are not always the easiest to follow as a spectator, are they? They can be a bit sort of cumbersome, and you sort of you have this delay where you know it feels like they don't quite know what they're doing. I think it's sometimes that's from the a problem. It's from the viewer point of view, isn't it? You're like, oh, hang on. How do we know what's meant to be happening if they don't? And then I think, I don't think the teams help either mm-hmm. because um, you will then get teams trying their very best to twist yeah. the understanding of the rule to benefit their team. Case in, case in point, Haas, yes. after yeah. after the chequered flag, appealing the, um, or protesting. Yeah, the... and that, but that was and that was clearly nonsense. They knew they knew that was nonsense when they were trying to do when you know what what they were trying to pull. They knew was nonsense. It was just like trying to throw something at the wall to see if something would work, which it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, one th- one thing that didn't get followed was drivers following racing lines. We can definitely say that. Yeah, <laughs> they had they had different racing lines. Some of them were on concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must say, say that one one thing: if they, if they were, um, if you take F one Twitter out of the equation, um, the people I've spoke to, because I, I people I work I, I work with and stuff stuff like that, because I'm so into Formula One. Um, Mondays at work is uh, the first thing in the morning is we like the race podcast is listened to. Then the BBC podcast is listened to, and then you then you, rip, of... then you rip them off on a Monday night, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but then the uh, regardless of the of interest of people around me, that's what happens Monday mornings at work. Uh, so because of that, the people that work with me regularly start watching the race, so they don't feel so <laughs> stupid on Monday morning. <laughs> um, so the ca- the casual Formula One fans I spoke to today really enjoyed that mm. I did so if if the idea is action then the the, the people that don't normally watch Formula One races like I, I were impressed by it mm. to which I said you should probably watch Baku next week because <laughs> Baku's always mental I get a lot of that at work as well in that yeah I always know when it's been a lively race because the non-F1 F1 fans come to talk to me about F1 and I'm like what the fuck are you doing here um, but, but yeah, I had a few of them today. I'm not at work at the minute, so I just have F1 Twitter. Actually, I don't. I've got everyone on Discord who is they're the sensible F1 fans. On, yeah, that's on our Discord. Like we like them, them, sensible fans. Um, it's uh, I I made the mistake sometimes of it of engaging with people. Just, just cause, not not because not not because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Are you sure the same's been said about you? Yeah, but like there was there was a video, and all I did was ask. Like, I really don't see the issue with this. Somebody put a video up of uh, um, Sebastian Vettel, and they were like, "Oh, look what happened! He 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 should still be in the car this year. 
But look what a handful this car was. And I, I again, the guy had Seb in his, like in his name. He was a picture of Sebastian Vettel. I probably shouldn't have said. I don't really see what's wrong here. It just look, just looks like a slow lap. The car seems oh, balanced. It just seems slow. And I was immediately fucking dunked on by like the most simpiest of fans you've ever seen. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen this level of fandom from Team LH before, but rarely, rarely the uh, the the Sebastian Vettel side has been so so vicious. You would think as well, if they're real fans, they would respect his desire to want to not be in the car. Yeah, you would do, really. <laughs> but straight, it's straight, the internet's a strange place. Not getting any arguments from me. <laughs> you know, I work on it. I know. <laughs> I know how strange it is. It's your fault. <laughs> Blame Dan. He puts the kittens there. <laughs> we think. Um... Right, I mean, other other talking points that um, that came from it, um, not necessarily sort of team related. Um, apparently, Red Bull had some um, new aero on the car oh. this week. Um, that uh, I think Ted was Ted was pointing it out on Friday in practice that they were running new front wings. Um, so that might have only been an eight second gap. That he got rather than the ten second one until he uh, until Max ran wide. Um, yeah, it's it's unusual for teams to bring new parts to Australia. Yeah, I suppose it would normally be unusual because it would be like the first or second race of the season. Yeah, I suppose by this point, a whole new car. Yeah, but and it's unusual for teams to bring new parts before Spain. Yeah, I know Mercedes had a small upgrade as well, didn't they? Mm. Not the, uh, not the full George big Russell. Yeah, George Ru- Russell talked it down, didn't they? So, you know, it's barely even an upgrade what's been put on the car. Thought, well, it seemed to go a lot better. And um, Formula One teams rarely do things for the sake mm. of it. Yeah. I think they said um, Alpha Tori as well had some kind of upgrade because they talked about Sonoda damaging, I think it was a flaw. So he ended up having to go back to a previous spec. Jesus Christ! Right now, anything like anything you do to that car, like even even if like if you draw a smiley face on it, would be considered an upgrade. <laughs> Actually, there's one thing that showed that Red Bull were running a new front wing on the um, on the grid when you pointed out, Sean, that um, stuck everyone round the back of the car. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, the, and of course, that time Scarbs told us that there was something new on the front of the car, and everyone stood round the back. So all the photographers were trying to get in between people's legs to see what it was when the fact there was a whole new front assembly. I really enjoyed during one of the red flags Toto doing about three or four casual but not casual walk pasts of the back of one of the Red Bulls. Like he was kind of like looking up its skirt. It was he did he did just like a couple too many passes. I I often wonder you know how how um how efficient the sneaking on the teams is. Yeah, you know, like when you and don't get me wrong. Obviously, all these people know infinitely more about the, about this sport than I do. Um, but you think to yourself, like, if you're not like the top aero guy that happens to work for Mercedes or like one of the like the, the like a really good engineer, what the fuck's Toto Wolf bringing back to the team? Like, like this this really weird jutty <laughs> out bit at the bottom. You know, it's it's connected to the floor. If you could copy that, that'd be great. He, maybe he like talks to a police sketch artist afterwards, and they sort of put together 
from the best of his recollection what it looks like. I mean, I've often thought that with drivers, you know, the drivers that stove like underneath <laughs> cars and stuff. Out, you go, are you just doing this to look cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm convinced that's all it is. They walk back into the garage, go, yep, it's got a flaw. I reckon there's maybe about two of them that know what they're looking at, and the rest yeah. just copy so that they look like they're part of it. I was going to say Vettel, Vettel was a constant examiner, but I, I think he's in the category of he, he tinkers, does he? He does like yeah, mopeds and sort of like yeah. yieldy scooters and stuff. So he might, yeah. he might at least be able to say this bitch changed, that bitch changed. Mm. I don't think, I don't think Fernando would be too fucking daft either when it mm. came to it. No, he'd, he'd just try and he'd just try and rip it off and then claim it was somebody else's fault and he wasn't responsible and he wasn't there at the time. Just look, just looking for the for the yeah, USB stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he left it at um, speedy copy in working. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's one thing not to do if you um, if you've got details of somebody else's car. Get them no. Get them copied within five miles of your base. <laughs> it was because it was in walking distance. Oh, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I am definitely owed one now. <laughs> uh, right. Should we go team by team? Yeah. Yes. Oh, so, sorry, quick, before we do the team, we should address... Uh, did you guys see the um, uh, Ted Kravitz have his like mini meltdown on the notebook? Was this the Michael Massey one? Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. Um, like, I I heard about it, but yeah, he, he just kind of he sort of said, "Oh, Michael Massey's back," and then he sort of started stuttering, like he wanted to say something, didn't want to say, it, and he's a, I just, I just don't know what he's doing back in the Formula One paddock. He was like literally <laughs> like he'd just seen, but it, it was it was like he'd seen, um, oh fuck, like I can't think now. Nelson P.K. Junior. No, but and yeah, but, but like uh, anything, Jimmy Savile going to do a <laughs> job as an as like a a child carer. You know that that's the look he had on his face. Yeah, I mean the fact that Michael Massey was in the paddock was probably because he now is sporting director of supercars, which were one of the support series this weekend. Yeah, well, yeah, there there is rumours apparently that the um, the FIA want him back in some sort of capacity. Like, like, the, is it is like an advisory role? Um, I don't know. He didn't, you know, he didn't shower himself with glory, but surely that, like, to be honest, I would have thought after such a bite, such a clangor was dropped. Um, I, I feel it shows like the measure of the man to actually go back because in that situation, it would definitely be easier to go phone one paddock, never again, mate. Mm-hmm. But no, he was um, he was there in an official capacity with supercars who um, were doing the most Australian things ever. Instead of waiting till the end to throw a shrimp on the Barbie, they lit the Barbie under the bonnet by the amount of fire that was uh, going on this weekend. <laughs> but all the um, all the all the Fords were worried that um, they weren't even going to make the full race distance without bursting into flames. Is there something wrong with the new cars or something? Um, it was a it was a Ford problem apparently. Um, because they're on the new generation supercars this season, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there was just lots and lots of fire. I've got to admit, so did any so did any of the cars like were, were they just holding on? No, I think a couple of them let go, didn't they? Oh, come on, that deserved something. <laughs> 
Oh, Holden. Holden, right. <laughs> oh. I'm definitely on tomb now. <laughs> right then, uh, start at the back, which I think technically is Williams. Um, Albin in 16th and uh, Albin DNF, sorry, Sergeant 16th and DNF'd by trying to uh, take out De Vries. One well, not trying, he well, very successfully took out De Vries. Uh, it was looking like a great weekend for Albin up to that point. Yeah, really, really strong qualifying. Kind of had said straight after qualifying that he assumed he was going to get swallowed up and would be going backwards, but actually had picked up a couple of places and I think was running fifth or sixth. Yeah. And then the back end of the car just let go and chaos ensued and gravel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Williams, definitely the second most improved car on the grid this season. Absolutely. Apparently that, uh, like the, the section he crashed at, um, he'd been on the limit at like just every lap, of mm. every practice as well. And like the... Um, that particular section, the Williams was the quickest of any car through. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he was um, he was constantly setting purple sectors uh, in sector, sector two. two during qualifying, which um, I, I, the hell out of me. Genuinely, I mean, he, it's it's a shame he finished this weekend like he did because after that qualifying session, I, I turned around to my dad and I was like, if I don't know where it would be, but if top teams aren't looking at him again now. There's something wrong with the world. I think so. He's, def- he's definitely got the got the quality for it. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like Williams could be in danger on certain certain circuits because this isn't this isn't going to be an every week thing. But on certain circuits, giving him a car that is um, actually worthy of him. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see Williams struggling in Baku, but we'll talk about that in a few weeks because we've got three F one less weekends. Is it three weeks till the next race? I thought it was yeah. two. No, it was meant to be China in two, but because it got cancelled for China reasons, uh, yeah, it's yeah, getting yep. straight on to back it. Yep, the next the next race isn't for another twenty seven days. That's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> gonna have to find, gonna have to find something else to, to find a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> is that that new McLaren time? Isn't it that uh, uh, Abu Dhabi? Uh, yes. uh, back it. Yeah, new McLaren yeah. Abu Dhabi isn't going to help anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's new, new McLaren in Baku. Yes, I think that is what they're... Or as, or as I tweeted at the weekend, the uh, the B-spec excuses, because um, the ones that they're currently using aren't uh, aren't really up to scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, Sergeant on the other side of the Williams garage. Unlucky weekend, really, because... I mean, he didn't get out in FP2 at all mm. with electrical issues. Uh-huh. Um, had a bit of a breakdown during FP1, and he was, was okay in qualifying, but... Said himself, he could have gone quicker. Yeah, I think he had a spin, didn't he? Yeah, something helped him. There was like a a gulf between him yeah. and Albon though in qualifying. And I, I I know he might maybe had he raced he raced there before. I no, think this was his first race weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, because F two is an excuse there. F two and F three had never raced there before this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he might he might just have a problem that he's like his teammate. Is an on-form driver that's really got something to prove. Yeah, it sort of it it possibly is making him look worse mm. than he necessarily is. He's he's had a bit of bad luck, um, and yeah, ideally needs to stop driving into the back of Alpha Tories. Yeah. 
I think compared to compared to the signs and Alonso incident, I think he did quite well to not get a penalty. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's the rookie. Is it? He's in the. It, it, it's Williams are doing the same thing all over again. You know, they've got the they've got the really good world class young driver, and somebody who's um, got to prove himself against them. Yeah, you know. Any any teammate of George Russell's was on a hiding to nowhere, mm. and it's. I think that's the thing as well because the um, Albon's quite a young driver as well. The maybe that looks worse too. Q, you, for instance, like Joe is now seems to be fairly on top of Valtteri Bottas, mm-hmm. but when they were first teammates, nobody really expected Joe to come at Bottas. You know, so he's had this like slow incremental creep up to being on the same pace as him now I think outpacing him uh whereas when you've got two drivers of the same age it's like like Piastri and Norris I'm Piastri will have a grace period but you you still expect drivers in a, of a similar age even though one has like a little bit more experience than the other you want them on the same page pretty quickly don't you yeah, you, you've got to get you've got to get the new guy up to, for want of a better description, the old guy's pace. Yeah, um, within half a season. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that half a season is probably like realistically what you'd want. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in the case of Latifi, it definitely didn't work. But no, that was a I, failed experiment. Yeah, I don't I don't think Sergeant is a is a Latifi. No, I don't. No, I th- I I think I think he's more of a Joe. Yeah, just needs a little bit of time to get used to it. Yeah. Right, this one's this one's going to take a bit, just for one major incident. Alpine next. Why, why is it Alpines manage to find each other constantly? No, I think it's Ocon's. <laughs> Ocon seems particularly good at finding his teammate. Is it the BWT sponsorship? Any car that gets put in BWT pink, you've got to take your teammate out. Mm, possible. It's just, do you think it's because it's all you can see on the track? Yeah. Oh, pink, drive into it. <laughs> um, how, how do they do it? I don't Well, know. I mean, to be fair, this was not Ocon's fault. This no. It was Gasly's fault. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gasly, Gasly was lucky to escape a penalty as well. Yeah. We're talk, if we're talking about escaping penalties, and of course, if Gasly had got one, he would have got a race ban. Yes, because Ocon, Ocon went and did his media interviews and without being sort of shitty to his teammate, had very much been like, oh, Pierre came across at me, I don't think he saw me. Very much sort of in the media seemed to be laying the blame on Gasly. He kind of got the feeling maybe then someone went, uh, he's on 10 points, say it was both of you, before they went into the <laughs> yeah. stewards. Yeah, yeah. because I think they, they did the media interviews before that it was announced that they um they were being called in to see the headmaster. I think you get quite a long delay before you go into the stewards anyway, so I think you have time to go and do your do your bit in the pen and then go and go and see the stewards. But yeah, I mean Alpine were odd from the start because they were running a split strategy, and I always think running split strategies means they're not sure what to do and one of these is gonna work, but we don't know which one. Because it's very rare that split strategy works both ways. Gasly ended up looking into um, being rescued from um, starting on the soft tires by the red flag when they uh, when they changed them because they didn't br- they didn't bring him in on the um, on the initial safety car and um, 
So, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to struggle with this now. He's the only runner on softs. And he's stuck behind traffic and not not really gaining anything. And I thought, you know, I thought he was going to end up um, well down, but the red flag came out for him at the right time. Um, didn't make the most of it in the end. But, I mean, they're, they're both looking good for points. They are, um, you know, pu- pushing for the pushing for that sort of fourth best team. Um, depending on how Ferrari and Mercedes are, there's potential for Alpine to be third. Yeah. And um, you take taken... On a shenanigansy weekend with a little bit yeah. of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which this one was, but they were in the shenanigans. I think they're still... I still think Alpine will feel pretty disappointed with the job they've done because they, they they've dropped they I, it feels looking at them like they've dropped back from where they were last year. But if they don't crash into each other, they finish where the Aston Martins finished this weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, so oh, sorry. Yeah, after the shenan- yeah. yeah after the shenanigans, he start uh, restart. Yeah, that that's right. But I was just meaning just in general on pure mm. pace. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they've. I, th- I think that they're, they're one of the disappointments of the year for me. I think. Now, it's hard. It's hard for me to say disappointing, because haven't seen the best from them yet. Yeah, I think, which not, they haven't had the clean race weekend. Yeah, we've we've not seen what they're actually capable of without either something happening or them happening too. But that's the thing, isn't it? That's what you get from a Gasly Ocon partnership. Yeah. It's like it's like hiring two Charles Leclerc's and then being confused that all you get is bad luck. <laughs> well, he certainly had enough of it this week. <laughs> Did he manage a call or was it? No. No, I'm pretty certain he crashed out turn one lap one. I mean, I he, thought, he didn't even turn in. <laughs> I thought F1 Twitter on the Ferrari stakes was fucking glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the what the hell? What are we doing, Ferrari next? We might as well because I mean I don't think there's much more we can say about Alpine. Look like they were doing okay. They crashed. Screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. So Leclerc got yes. yeah got off the line. Got off line. Went off. Tried the to blame Stroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I know we like to blame Stroll every now and then, but I think genuinely. But not a great deal Stroll could have done really in that one I think yep. it was a case of he was there Leclerc tries to shove himself in where there wasn't a gap and off he goes I mean the saying is you know the, to quote to quote Ayrton Senna if you no longer go for a gap are you still a racing driver when he admitted afterwards he'd been lying when he spoke that phrase also like there's a little <laughs> bit of sense just sort of common sense particularly lap one turn one that maybe you just kind of want to so make sure me. there is room mm. He's not a great one to throw it at either, Stroll, is he? No. Neo, he's not, he's not known for his spatial awareness. This wasn't his fault. Yeah, mirrors, optional. <laughs> yeah, um... Rookie, rookie mistake? From not a rookie, then? Yeah. Or, um... F1 open lobby, three o'clock in the morning on a Friday after the pubs and, pubs and clubs have shut mistake. Yeah. <laughs> See, he's, there was something really interesting said about Charles Leclerc on the F1 TV coverage. I think it was Coulthard that said it. 
um, where, where Clifford said he's quick, but he's not the finished article. And um, I, I couldn't help think to myself, well, when's Charles Leclerc going to be the finished article? Because this is year six for him, I think. Yeah, and it and it's strange as well because it's st- he still feels like a new driver in some respects. Mm. You know, it, do- it doesn't feel like a massive amount of time ago. It was his first season with Ferrari, and he, you know, he pretty much put uh, Vettel in his place. Um, but I don't know. He doesn't. I, I, I he doesn't seem to have grown as a driver for me but, he, but I, i've still mind you I've, I've still got the same opinion of him as i've always had that i've always had this sort of i don't think he'll be a world champion because i think there will always be somebody else better around i mean i suppose it is very easy to be the second or third best around and just get completely outshone well the thing is as well um i was thinking about ferrari when i thought that too is um, Charles Leclerc and um, if we if we were to look back on this phase of Ferrari, but in say maybe 10, 15, 20 years time. Oh God, I'm not doing these shows when I'm seven. Is this era of Ferrari, this generation's Berger Alessi Ferrari? Oh God, no! Because I mean, they've they've had more than one win throughout the whole thing. Oh, right. They're not. They're we'll not. Give, we'll they're... give them wins because, like, Alacy, Alacy and Berger probably deserved a couple more wins apiece. I mean, Alacy got one. Yeah, and yeah, Berger won a race. Did he? Did he not? I thought Berger. I think won Berger race. won about three. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that I think they probably deserved like a couple more wins each than, than they actually had. Um. But ultimately, it's a treat team with two good drivers, no number one, that aren't going to win world champions. Chips, that's my son's fault because he keeps calling that a world champion instead of championship. <laughs> no, I think I think you might be you might be onto something there. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was quite as bad as the um, the uh, Berger and Lacey era because mm. you know we're not seeing we're not seeing them on the back of the grid as often on lack of pace. That's fair, but we are seeing them at the like when we do what they lack in uh, what they've made up in car performance. They lack in day to day fucking common sense. Yeah, there is just a massive um, today. Sorry about that. I try and keep swearing down on Formula One podcasts. <laughs> do you like? I have. <laughs> I've been a, a proper like PG era Lee for like so far this season. No C bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's an improvement, technically. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, Ferrari. I mean, jo- joking aside about them, Ferrari in it up, there's still something that's it, it's not working. Mm. You know, wh- whether that's the pushing people too hard um, to the point where they're making mistakes because the constant. The self-fulfilling prophecy thing, you know, does screw up, does screw up, does screw up, are screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of saying, get it better, get it better, get it better, don't get it wrong. Oh, you, I, I got it wrong, I was expecting to. And I think that, you know, that's that's the Ferrari ethos, the Ferrari way. Mm, I think you're right. 
I think there was something. Um, oh, it might have been Pete Windsor uh, said on one of his YouTube videos that when Ferrari were um, were good, you know, it's in the in the Braun Schumacher era. You had like Braun, John Todd, and who was the third guy? Uh, Rory Byrne. Yeah, that were all doing like definite jobs. They, you know, they, they all had their role to play in the success and that. And on top of that, you had a driver like Michael Schumacher in there that they could they could rely on to do his job and probably help tell them how to do their jobs. Uh, I, Ferrari doesn't have that now. And it, it, it seems to be that they've just gone from one head to the next head to the next head that if that if that was the way that if that was the way Ferrari was structured in the past, they've they've been trying to replace three people with one now since that era. Yeah. Oh, Domenicali can't do it. Oh, we'll get a Riva Benny in. Oh, he can't do it. <laughs> uh, next, next, next. You know, Ferrari, dead man's boots. Yeah, they they, they are they're, they're running a Formula One team like a bad football team. Mm. Isn't that what Arriva Bene does now, incidentally? Isn't he at Juventus? Yeah, he's chief executive of um, Juventus, who are in massive financial bother this season. Whoops. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 ah, moving on. Um, I, bet look, I bet he looks cool as fuck on the side. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, I think he can still smoke in uh, Italian stadiums. Seems reasonable. <laughs> You know, I, th- I think the um, I think the entire league had a vote, but Juventus has got a veto. This side, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, sticking to uh, sticking to the Italianish side of things, Alfa Tori. Um, Sonoda broke his run of eleventh places because of a penalty. Because he a pe- legitimately crossed the line eleventh. Yes, <laughs> he's in danger of becoming the new Gutierrez because yeah. that. Uh, that was going to be his fourth consecutive eleventh place. Let's give him the due due here because that car is an absolute heap. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm surprised as well that he has been ahead of Nick DeVries Me for too. most of the season. I I thought it would be very much the other way. So no fair play to him. I think DeVries' problem is he's struggling to drive a bad car. Mm. If you think if you think where he's come from. Um, you know, he was at McLaren when they were winning races back in the um, back in the Jensen and, Jensen and Lewis days. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been at Mercedes for years when yeah. when they were winning everything. He gets into a Mercedes Formula, Formula E car, takes the title, and now he's been given the Ford Cortina Mark One. Sorry, Flood. But he did get points when he filled in for Albon last year in a car that. We're thinking Albon was only getting points in because Albon is insanely good. Mm. Latifi looked very not good in that car. Yeah. And yet, De Vries seemed to crack on fairly swift. So, very little notice. So, does it turn out that last year's Williams mm-hmm. is better than this year's AlphaTauri? There's every chance, or certainly Maybe. easier to drive. I think, and I, I might be proved wrong here, um... I think he might end up because because he's been so unspectacular so far this year, and I I mean I I'm amazed um, Yuki Tsunoda is still in Formula One. You know when you when you consider his last season, you know he was surprised when he got re-signed. Um, do you think there's a chance that the stars aligned 
that Williams on that day was a decent car. Um, Latifi, even when given a decent car, still found the back of the grid. And still needed a bloody just, map. Yeah, but DeVries just got like a, a good, a good, a good first result. Like, yeah, you know, we've we've seen it a few times actually. You know, when people come in and do their first races or a stand-in. Um, but uh, Kevin Magnussen, for instance, podium in his first race. Um, the oh, Stoffel Van Dorn got points, didn't he? When he stood, when he stood in for electrocuted Fernando Alonso. Vettel when he came in for broken leg Kubica. Yeah. Um. Vettel maybe slightly different because you know he turned out to be pretty good, didn't he? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we we didn't we didn't know how no, good we had no data on him at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I I feel maybe we got carried away with Nick DeVries, you know, because he had the yeah. he had the pedigree of being Formula E world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked like he was, you know, he he didn't get a go in a Formula One car not because he didn't have the pace. It was just because. At that time, there was just nowhere to put him, and he had to go to Formula E. Mm. And then he did that in his first race. It was like, oh my god, right? He's he's found he's found his place. Had somebody get him in a car, and maybe maybe he shouldn't have been in Formula One in the first place. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because the Alfa Tauri is an absolute dog. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think three races in might be too soon to write him off. Oh, but yeah, I was expecting. I might be proved wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we were all, we were all expecting more, but um, we were ex- we we're all expecting more from the car. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. You know, much more, <laughs> more. <laughs> you know, th- the threatening points a bit more. Yeah. Point. Hmm. You would think if you were if you were coming into Alpha Tauri, uh that you're at least going to be a like it's solidly in contention for points. Hmm. Without the world collapsing around you for to make it possible, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, what what do what do they need to do? Well, get on with it for starters, because Red Bull have got five drivers in F two. So if they <laughs> if they if they <laughs> both have the a bad year, Tauri. they. I I think this is the end for Alpha Tower. It has been rumored that they're looking at renaming it again, isn't it? That they they don't like the Alpha Tower brand on that car. Well, that's going to be worth an extra couple of tents. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, there's been rumors that Red Bull want to cut loose having two teams mm. to save some money. Um, oh, I mean, they, they what was it? They officially denied that the teams up for sale or they're making them uh, making them move to the UK. Yeah. So nailed on. One of those is going to happen. Yes, it's being one sold to the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes you wonder whether the. I wonder if they've been given an ultimatum. You know, oh no, sorry, not an ultimatum. Just more of a right. Well, build like you're having less input from the Red Bull side. Do it yourself. If mm. you don't do it yourself, we'll we're, we're gonna we're gonna really start thinking here. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would be, you know, it would be logical if they're under pressure. I mean, that, you know, the story about them being um, either sold off or moved was in Auto Motor Run Sport, who we trust. Mm. And Red Red Bull as an organisation were very, very quick to um, deny that was even uh, being contemplated, let alone discussed. Which, yeah. of course, means it's happening. That's, that's the Yeah. And maybe Red Bull have backed away from them a little more this season just to show potential buyers what the team can do, which could be an absolutely fucking massive mistake. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe they're going to be the next Ford factory team now that Ford are coming back into F1 as the Red Bull engine supplier. And maybe they'll be, I don't know, Ford's factory mule or something. Maybe. I think because I think they're coming in with the partnership with, with Red Bull. Will they need that? Because they're going to be in the back of a Toro Rosso. Well, so, oh, so no, sorry, we're talking about them. That's why I'm getting confused. Sorry. The um... You're getting them confused with Alfa Romeo. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing, we're doing them. We're doing them next. Yeah, I, and I was getting the, I, I was getting my fucking Red Bull cars all mixed up as well. It could do, you know, it's if if they want, it's what's worked with Honda actually, hasn't it? You know, the the reason the Honda engine came around is because all of a sudden they had four cars to put the engines in, and two of those cars they didn't care if they blew it burst into flames or not. Yeah, so I mean, if you know, if, if Ford take over AlphaTauri from Red Bull. Then you know they've got the factory team and they've got Red Bull as their partner team. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, it's just just how Mercedes and McLaren were when Mercedes first came in as a constructor. Mm. I think the worrying thing that with there is though, they they've done such a bad job at design designing the car, and especially when you've got um, uh, what's his name? What's the um, principal team principal's name? No, French toast. France yeah. toast. Uh, when you've got him coming out and saying he doesn't trust the engineering department anymore, that's I, I missed. I missed that. I mean, did, did, yeah, I missed that one, but it sounds like something he'd say. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> he based basically that he was saying like that he, he uh, um, or he was insinuating that he'd been lied to by the by the engineering department of what the car was capable of and like where it was when they were when they were designing it and in the aero in the wind tunnel and stuff like that. And it's a bit basically said he didn't trust the team anymore. Oh, this all smacks of Paddy Lowe's most of a year at Williams. <laughs> which, is, which is the worst children's book. <laughs> oh, God. We'll move on to Alfa Romeo now. Right. Is it me or is Bottas just gradually becoming more and more anonymous and participatory? You know, the the yeah. the... the the best thing you can say about him this year is, well, there's the mullet. He got his arse out last week on some magazine that Twitter had lots to say about. Yeah. See, I'm, I, I, I don't mean to, like, I don't know, sound like granddad here when it comes <laughs> to this, but I don't, um, I, I don't enjoy Happy Bottas. <laughs> you know, the... This just, I think it's all well and good doing stuff like that. You know, like when I mean, obviously it got a little bit sadder for Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren, but when you got Daniel Ricciardo in like Red Bull and even Renault towards the end of his Re Renault days, goofing around because he'd goof around and then he'd get in the car and he'd absolutely do the job when he got in the car. Yeah. But but watching Bottas goof around and then get in a car and go out in Q three, sorry Q one, mm -hmm. it uh. Hasn't got the same vibe. Yeah, because he was doing. He was doing. He, he did like he hosted like a gin tasting night at some point during the run up to the Australian. I think it was like the Tuesday or the Wednesday. He did some kind of like gin with Bottas. <laughs> it was the gin I mean, they had in the paddock outside the Alfa Romeo. Um, Unless it's genuinely looking for side hustles, then I, I could understand that because I don't think his main hustle is going to be Formula One for too much longer. 
the way the way he's performing this season, no. Um, I mean, you know, we've joked about Anonymous Sauber before, and he's embodying it. Yeah, he's like <laughs> took it to the next level. Yeah, you know, they might as well they might as well paint that car blue, white, and gold again. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. I'm I'm calling it now. He's he's my vote for the participation award again. He was there, uh, especially w- with what's happening with that team as well. Uh, they're probably going to want one. They're probably going to want to keep continuity to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. They are. I I personally think going to want to replace one of their drivers to 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 have somebody in that team that they at least expect to be there when it becomes Audi. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. So probably a German driver. Maybe I think I I think they'll actually stick an English driver in there. Oh, okay. Okay. I I I I think it'll be Lando. Very um, interesting. So it's if you're one of these, if you're one of the drivers that are on the like the cusps of being replaced uh, in that team, you know, it's, Bottas isn't doing his his job if he wants to try and hang around mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, he's not as quick as Joe at the moment, and you've kind of got to assume Joe's probably on less of a salary. Yeah. And I think brings in a lot of sponsor, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have, uh, I would have certainly, certainly thought that Joe had got the, uh, had got the backing, mm. uh, which is why you know there were teams clamouring for him, even though even when he was a Renault development driver. Yeah. Uh, Do you think there'd be any, um, uh, any worry with having a, a Chinese driver with like Chinese Chinese money coming into the team at the minute? When you look at, like, gl- like global frictions and say, uh, and see, you know, we 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 were pretty quick to ban Russians and like Russian sponsorship mm. would you want it would you want them to be put all your eggs in one basket the way things are right now which is why I think they're probably more like Audi would probably more likely to want a German driver mm. just for that just just for those guarantees I mean the the question I wonder, I wonder if this is where it was like just before like the second the second world war like we're, we're we're sporting teams going. Do we really want a Nazi? <laughs> I don't think you were allowed to have anyone foreign playing for you or racing for you at the time, were you? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. There were there were um, riders who won TT races under the Nazi flag. Yeah, the, it's there's some really bizarre pictures of the TT grandstand with like, like you no know, knowing now you know what the swastika sort of. Like the implications behind it are, when you see like the TT grandstand flying swastikas, it's it's quite a strange sight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> That's not to say that the races themselves were Nazis. That was just the flag they came with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah but uh, but as far as um, keeping one of the drivers on, it's um, Joe. Joe would get it at the moment. Um, just for. Performance, performance uh, potential, yeah. But for on both both sides, especially if you were, if you were Audi looking to like replace Valtteri Bottas with a um, like with somebody with some more experience, then you wouldn't you wouldn't be so worried about having a second driver in Joe with without as much experience. Yeah, I mean, who who Audi actually got? Um, what driver? What driver wise? Yeah, I think they'll they'll go from inside Formula One. I don't I don't know. 
if 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 they're looking at coming in to be to be in a um like a real team like the, the that's going to challenge for championships and stuff like that because it they're, they're going to want a star driver aren't they in the in the in the same way as um alpine when they were when they were making noises about wanting to be they they were going to be a manufacturer be challenging for world championships in like mm. two and a half hours or whatever their prediction was um they looked at having fernando alonso as like a mission statement didn't they yeah probably the same with alfa romeo actually when they signed kimmy i know it was kimmy sort yeah. of past his best but he's a he's a world champion yeah 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 and bottas was world champion adjacent mm I, I think I, unfortunately I, I, now he's points adjacent. I th- I think uh, I think Lando makes all the ticks all the boxes for Audi. Starting the twenty twenty six silly season early. No, no, for next year. <laughs> for I know he's under contract. I know he's under contract with McLaren for next year. But Daniel Ricciardo was under contract with McLaren this year. Con- contracts are they? They've all got yeah. it. You've got a way out of them all the time. Uh, Usually large amounts of cash, which mm-hmm. McLaren probably don't have after no. giving Ricardo that much. No, it's only Guido Gant- Vandergaard that seems to think a contract is actually unbreakable. <laughs> well, the, see, now they're the thought for the uh, for the Alfa Romeo sake <laughs> that no one is thinking that. Absolutely, no one is thinking that. I've I've got I've got working out for the uh, for the Lando move instead of staying in McLaren. If the B spec car doesn't do anything, which I don't think I don't think it, it's going to, because it doesn't make sense for the B spec car to do any good, and the second key, because this is still going to be concepts that have come out, come out through key, aren't they? So yeah, if all of a sudden they uh, their B spec car is good, it's almost like going, oh, key had it right in the end, damn. So I I don't expect much improvement from McLaren with the B spec car. They may they may, might get closer towards the the midfield, but I don't I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be like night and day and put them back up where they were like last year or the year before. Um, or certainly where so, Lando was. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, so if they've got to go back straight back to the back to the beginning to start designing a new car. That probably isn't really going to do anything this year. You're still looking at 2026 again for the for like that. This is going to be the year for McLaren. Given McLaren haven't been able to do it, if you were going to bet on any team giving you a good car for 2026 and you were Lando Norris, would you bet on it being Audi or McLaren right now? I would bet on Audi, even though they weren't in the sport, to come out with the goods because they're not. They're not going to enter this flippantly. It's interesting. It is one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm not sure because I mean, obviously, Audi have got the um, they've got the two year run up because yep. they move into being a Sauber partner from next year, and then the whole the whole thing becomes Audi mm-hmm. um, two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be jumping straight away. I would want to see what they can do from the start are you jumping straight away though if they've got that year to sort of Mm. ease into it Mm. maybe look at year two year one let them find the feet but what if they get what if someone else jumps before you do but because because this is the thing you're you're giving the opportunity here to um nobody would have nobody could have guessed their success 
Lewis Hamilton would have had in Mercedes. Mm-hmm. We all thought it was ridiculous leaving McLaren to go to Mercedes mm-hmm. when you look at where they were. Yeah. And, you know, it, the the best move a Formula One driver has probably ever made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Sam Rosberg got his title as well. He went, you know, he was at Mercedes yeah. from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look at the, you talk about needing to be in the right place at the right time. Um, Jensen Button won his world championship because he stayed in, you know, he, he was in a team. I mean, fair enough. It, it kind of went, it went the opposite way, didn't it? Cause it was, it was the manufacturer when he was in, in the team. And then when the manufacturer left, he happened to win. But the, uh, I think if you go to a project that you think at some point this might bear fruit mm-hmm. and stay there, then you've got better chance. Whereas M- McLaren have done this too many times now. Too many times. But, but, Button was only in the brawn because he couldn't actually, um, because Honda pulled out that late, he couldn't get anything else. It was a chance of a reserve role with um, Toro Rosso. Yeah. And uh, that, that was it. Um, but if you're, McLaren have done this too many times now where they've looked like they're, they're sewn out and then they've dropped back down, even back to when Button was in Mercedes, uh, in McLaren. You know, they've, in 2011, it looked like, they were starting to get it together again. He was second in the championship, mm-hmm. and then it all fell apart. Then they've slowly built up again after the Honda era. Now it's all f- fell apart again. I think, well, twice, hasn't it, fell apart for them? So I just don't... I don't, it's, it's, Someone said something on uh, someone else I was reading the other day where they were saying, it's, I know they're bringing like, the new simulators, uh, uh, sorry, wind tunnel online, and it seems strange saying it because the technology center looks so impressive. But it's completely outdated for modern Formula One. Mm. And that's the problem with Formula One, isn't it? The technology does move so fast. Yeah. That if you if you yeah, if you take your eye off the ball for a second, you you will get left behind. Mm. I think the phrase is obsolete out of the box. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh right, where are we next? Haas. Um, came out DNF, Hulk got seventh or could have been fourth, could have been third if the protest would have worked. Um, <laughs> that would have been just the most Hulkenberg way to get a podium. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has crashed or got a penalty and here I am. <laughs> uh, oh, seventh. Oh, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't forget, he, he was the last recipient of the Formula 1.5 prize for coming seventh <laughs> um hans are looking so much better this year mm-hmm. yeah one of them yeah never the same one twice <laughs> yeah that's true but <laughs> yeah but how uh, hulkenberg's definitely looks like he's got the legs though doesn't he he's got the he's got the qualifying edge i think hasn't he yeah he seems he seems to do um seems to do Good work on Saturdays rather than uh, rather than K Mag, but K Mag looked all right in the race until he drove into a wall. Yes, which is a yeah, problem. But he, he was well down still though, wasn't he? He was still out of the point. I think he had just passed Sonoda, so oh, uh, he just would, got into ten. Yeah, so would have been in around arse end of the points. So yeah, I mean they're, they're not they're not looking too shabby. We we all know all the troubles that has had been through. Mm. Um. You know, they appear to have got a sponsor that is legitimate this time. Good good yeah. start. Helpful. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, the car, the car's looking good. The, they've got two solid drivers. Neither of those, mm-hmm. neither of those two are going to be world champions. No. But you know, semi-regular point scorers. It's it's what Haas want because if they went from the back of the grid to second or third, then they'd have a hell of a lot to keep up. And with an F1 team, it's better to build gradually, mm-hmm. I think, rather than make this massive jump. Because I mean, you look at the well, Tyler Twaston Martin. You look at <laughs> you look at the Braun Mercedes transformation. You know, yeah. Braun destroyed everyone for two thirds of a season, mm. and then when Mercedes came in. You know, they were struggling, struggling to get on the podium with the following year's car. Yeah. And everyone said, oh, yeah, the, you know, Mercedes, massive massive mistake. Why have they done it? Schumacher's too old. Rosberg's too unproven. And, um, you know, they were a bit of a... I, I won't say joke, but they were a bit of a... Ah, yeah, flash, flash in the pan, they're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all right, they turned it round. Yeah. Um, that you know they've got the resources to turn it round in the pre-salary cap days. Um, Haas, if they'd have made a massive step forward, I think the step back would have been even bigger, mm. and I think that's what would have led Gene Haas to say, right, you, you, you can't, do, you're not, you're not able to do it again. Right, I'm not funding it anymore. Yeah, and I think by going, bless you, oh, by going this way in smaller steps and getting. A solid, you know, it's probably the most sort of solid driver lineup, solid and reliable driver lineup that they've had, because they're not trying to they're not trying to take each other out. They haven't really been next to each other on track. Okay. Yeah, give it. This is this true? It'll be a case of give it time. I'll <laughs> 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 get that. I mean, there may be threats of ball sucking to come later on after the upgrades, but. <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing what they can do. And because, um, you know, e- even though we apparently hate Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd really like to uh, see them and Andretti at the back of the grid. Sorry, I'd really like to see them and Andretti <laughs> fighting for points. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do in two and a half months when I'm in Tennessee hating America. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the South. Most people get accused of hating America in the South, even the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying Hass this season for different reasons to for why I've enjoyed Hass in the past because they're not the comedy team anymore. Yeah, it's good. And um, you know, Hulk has Hulk has proved that um, three three years away with the odd substitute appearance, um, he's doing as good as he's ever done I think that's the thing isn't it like Hulk's um, oh, there's, there's definitely so much talent in Honeyko Hulkenberg just one of those drivers has never he never seems to be able to fill his fulfill his potential it's, mm. it's weird yeah when, when things look like they're going right for him something, something happens yeah but I, I like Hulkenberg. He seems like one of the nice guys of Formula One. Yeah. No, do, doesn't seem to get riled easily and he's fairly easy going. I mean, maybe that's what he's missing, the sort of killer killer instinct. Maybe. Johnny Herbert always said he was too nice for Formula One. And uh, that that's what, you know, he, if he, he said before, maybe if he made a few less friends and upset a few more people, 
he'd have had more more success than he did. Yeah, that kind of works. I mean, you look at you look at world champions. Mm. You know, I mean, you've got to have a bit of an edge. Yeah, you? you've got to be selfish. You know, I mean, when Seb was winning titles, he had that arrogance about him. Mm-hmm. You know, Mister Pointy Finger. <laughs> um, Schumacher. You know. No, I think the, I think the last sort of nice world champion was probably Jensen. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. And before that, Damon. Kimmy, would we put Kimmy down as a nice world champion? We don't know if he's nice or not. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, oh, take that. Yeah, you know, same, same, same with Hacken and the original Iceman. I mean, and oddly enough, we are talking about where, where the the guys we're, we're we're looking at as being like the nice guy world champions. We're looking at single one-off world champions as mm-hmm. well. I don't. I don't think that's so. Maybe. Maybe that's that. That's the thing is you. You have the the better cock you can be, is the is the more success for the longer period of time. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Because I mean, say what you want about Lewis Hamilton, he's a very, you know a very divisive person and does rile people. There is there is an, there's an air of arrogance, man. But it's the type of air of arrogance. I think you have to have to be a top top flight sportsman. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he certainly does the business. I I, I will always say whenever I've I've said to people, I I still find that bizarre. The um, when we went to the 2018 launch, that uh, when we were sort of hanging around waiting for something to happen, and he, like there was something different about when Lewis came in the room. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fan. Like I never really have been. But when he walked in the room, it was I, I've I've never met a, another person that's um, <clears throat> you would consider as like one of the best at what they do in the world. Uh, but like when you think, oh well, this this must be where it's like to have walked, you know, be in the same room with like Muhammad Ali or Pele or something like that. You know, it's there, there's there's something different about the makeup of the people. Yeah. It, the atmosphere just changed completely, and all he, all he did was walk through some doors, which I kept getting static electric shocks off every time I went for smoke. <laughs> yeah. Got Angela to help him take his jacket off. You say they're the most electrifying doors in sports entertainment? Oh. Definitely odd three. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, got Angela to help him take his jacket off, and the, the whole atmosphere was just, cha- it just changed. Yeah. And, you know, that that was a room full of professional F1 writers and us. <laughs> yeah. You know, professional journalists and a couple of out-and-out absolute bloody chances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Fred, it's even d- weirder than if I had to go and throw up in the toilet. <laughs> you nearly threw up on Billy Munger. I nearly threw up on Billy Munger. I nearly threw up in the middle of Lewis's press conference. <laughs> I'm sure like there's some interpretation time. where that is a hate crime in both forms. <laughs> I I have a uh, I, I've got a funny feeling if I'd have done it if I'd have done it well Bottas was there like somebody would have made Bottas clean it up for me but like Lewis you can't do that around <laughs> wild. Uh, well, we're name dropping. Let's move on to the other team that we um, met that year, McLaren. 
Yep. Uh, Lando in sixth, Piastri in eighth. Um, Piastri getting points at his home Grand Prix. Every Australian seemed to struggle at some point of the weekend in whatever series. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, the uh, Daniel Ricciardo looked like he was struggling with his life when he was on the uh, yeah. the like the the pit wall. There were some memeable moments from uh, Danny Rick in the garage. I happened to notice because he kept, he kept mugging for the cameras quite a lot. Did you hear the interview when uh, Ted Kravitz grabbed hold of him on the notebook? I think I managed to completely miss the I notebook. Think, I think I heard Ted talking about it in like the later notebook. Was it? Was this the one where he says something like, "Oh, I can, I can do it for a year"? Yeah. Mm. The um, well, Ted Kravitz started doing, like making a big, like big deal about it. Saying, oh, I, I don't like seeing you on the like on the on the sideline. You know, it's not right. But and he he turned. I said, "No, no, Ted, don't worry. I can do it for a year," and then. The, the Ted went to say something. I said, "No, no, don't worry. You know, it's it's just a year, and before you know, it, you'll you'll have forgot I was ever gone at all." There's your next Alfa Romeo drive. <laughs> it, yeah, from what from what Ted was saying about it, it did seem like it was very much an implied. There's already a yeah something here. Yeah, um, I I'm, I still wouldn't be surprised to see him replace Perez. You know. I don't know. Perez is doing the business and allowing himself to be sabotaged just the right amount. <laughs> yeah, but well, maybe if 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 Daniel Ricciardo could do that job and didn't need to be sabotaged, that would have to be the uh, that would have to be the sweet spot, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, would, would he work with Max again? Is the question. The who was it? The Morris Hamilton. I think it was Morris Hamilton. Uh, said that he'd been told the. Uh, uh, Daniel Ricciardo was slow when he got into the Red Bull simulator and that was what um, made uh, Christian Horner say in one of the press conferences, oh sorry, one of the interviews about him, that um, that it was really weird when he got back in the Red Bull simulator because they already had so much data of Daniel Ricciardo on a sim um, that they instantly saw all the bad habits he'd picked up since he'd been racing for other teams. And we're and we're able to quickly see them and iron them out, and he got up to the, a similar sort of similar, if not of that. I think that I think he someone someone in the the podcast I was listening to referred to it either. Uh, if you happen to be a particular fan of Daniel Ricciardo and you and you're one of the people in the pit lane, they would tell you he's a smidge quicker than um, Sergio Perez in the sim. And if you happen to speak to somebody that was a Sergio Perez fan, they would say, no, Perez is still a smidge faster than where Daniel Ricciardo's got himself <laughs> in the same. But either imply, mm. both like in the same seem to be on a similar type of level. So we could see one of them at Alfa Romeo next year. Someone could move. It could happen. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see whether they can give him a tyre test or something like that. Get him in a mm. car for this, like, the Pirelli tyre test. Mm. See where he is. Like when he's not in a McLaren, because if he like, if he's still Daniel Ricciardo, not McLaren Daniel Ricciardo, he should be on the grid still. Yeah. I mean, if you if you ever think that any job that you do is pointless and thankless, you're not the guy who designed Danny Rick's helmet for the Australian Grand Prix weekend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but going back going back to McLaren, um, as I mentioned, every every Australian seemed to struggle 
uh, F3, F2 supercars. Um, Piastri had issues in qualifying. Yeah. Um, managed to get points at his home race. Um, eighth place, all right, albeit with shenanigans. Lando in sixth as well with similar shenanigans. Um, putting the McLaren where it should be, thanks to other cars not finishing. That's that's not what we should be seeing from McLaren. They should have been there before the Alpines killed each other. Because mm. I think this, this leaves them like really not very far behind Ferrari in the championship. Yes, which is ridiculous. Talking of well. Uh, Hulkenberg is on the same points as Leclerc. That's mm. wild. <laughs> so yes, McLaren finished where they should have done, but it it took a yeah. They got some help didn't yeah. they, to get there. It still wasn't good, was it? Even even though like Lando had a fairly fairly clean weekend, he was still pretty subdued in the pen when they were talking to him. Mm. Like he he knows that it's, yeah they've they've got a good result, but. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a while before we see him slam some champagne off a step, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, McLaren need to do a lot of work. Baku's going to be interesting if if the new car's there by then. Problem is is with McLaren, every time they say they're going to, you know, there's going to be upgrades, and this has been going on since the 90s, I've just got this air of, they're not going to do it in time. I agree. Baku can be a bit of a lottery as well, can't it? So they, they could bring everything... And shove it in a wall straight yeah. away, and and they have no idea then if it works or not. Well, I noticed um, when Lando was talking about it, uh, the, like the upgrades, he did say the upgrades are coming in Baku, but we might mo- we might not see the fruits just because of the nature of the the mm-hmm. factor on a street circuit. They're upgrades that will improve the car, but you're going to see it more in the in the coming races, and you go that. So why that bring it to Baku? Yeah, but that, that, and that and it also feels like something someone's told him to say. Yeah, mm. get the excuse in now. Yeah, because I mean, uh, but the th- the thing is though, I mean, the, the bringing the upgrades. If the car's riding lower and it's actually sitting better on the ground, that's going to be negated at Baku by the bumpy surface. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you want you want to be running low on a nice flat track, not mm. not a street circuit. You know, with the best yeah. with the best will in the world, you can level out any street circuit, but there's still there's still gonna be um welded down manhole covers and And freshly tarmacked over cobblestones. Yeah, and what slippery white lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a castle. Yeah. I, I I just wonder if um if we get to Baku and there's clearly no no upgrades from uh, oh sorry sorry there's, like, there's not the jump that you would expect because re- I mean realistically anything that doesn't fling McLaren up to and I would argue in front of Alpine um, bearing in mind that we expected from last year we well maybe maybe not expected but we half thought that McLaren might. Like throw a surprise and be, you know, break into the top three teams this year. Anything that doesn't put them like top or equal top of the midfield is a is a failure. Yeah, but that's that's the position that they well they've they've been in when they've been good and yeah. they expect to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. that you know that's how, that's how they always talk it up. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we you know we're one of the longest longest standing and best teams in Formula One. So why are you struggling to get both cars into Q two? And it means nothing. Look at Ferrari. Yeah, you know Ferrari have all the time, money, resources in the world, and they have the pull of Ferrari to uh, like to try and attract people to the team. And um, they they just constantly keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, you can you know you can you you can have you can have the name, um, but if you know if you haven't got the performance and the results to back it up. Oh my god! I used to always call Nico Hulkenberg the German Jensen Button, didn't I? You did. I'm <laughs> McLaren the British Ferrari. Oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, on current form, potentially, there is there is every chance. I mean, at least they can count to four in in uh, pit stop. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Um, right, so uh, we've had the German Jensen Button, the British Ferrari, now the Green Red Bull. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, to be perfectly honest, they've got Red Bull philosophy, but it looks nothing like a Red Bull. It really, it really doesn't. <laughs> it's just a good car. They yeah. Just built a solid Formula One car. Yeah, by spending too much money on it. Don't forget, they went over the cost cap, and it wasn't catering in their case. <laughs> How much did they go over it? Five million? Was it? Covered? They didn't get penalised, though, did they? Not like Red Bull. I think theirs was. I think theirs was like a lesser breach somehow. I can't remember what exactly the wording was, but there was it them and Williams, was it? Yeah. Did I they think... misfile rather than go over? Uh, I think Williams misfiled and Red Bull made um, accounting errors putting things in the wrong column. Uh-huh. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aston Martin. Red Bull just said it was all on catering. Yep. Right, okay. Um, it's working now. Well, yeah, it's, you know, third, third and fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean... You, if if they can repeat this, especially with the facilities that haven't, be, you know that that are being made, we uh, we we were in danger of having to call Aston Martin like a genuine, like proper, fully fledged, yeah, premium Formula One team. Yeah, which which is what the Silverstone teams always wanted to be, but has never had the funds to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's great. Except except when they were um, when they were Midland, which they were barely a Formula One team with no money. <laughs> Uh, and, Spiker, um, and then Spiker, who realised that, oh, hang on, this is more expensive than we thought. Yeah, this is so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All they have to do is get Paddy Lowe to tell them making Formula One cars is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but Alonso making a good career move and being mm, happy and jolly. and It's confusing. It is. I, I still say that Vettel's bad luck out bad looked Alonso's bad luck making Alonso's bad luck good luck (laughs) (laughs) alright he's never been off the podium this season no and and fate even tried to make it so this weekend even even that didn't work (laughs) well science did yeah (laughs) totally deserved that penalty by the way Um, not that not not that you're biased or anything no, he did deserve it though. Even even where, even because uh, I, I was even thinking about Martin Brundle's tweet about how you know, it was essentially the first lap of a Formula One race. I thought, yeah, but he did tag someone and send them from third to last. That's that's a fairly big oopsie, isn't it? Yeah. Even on a first corner. Yeah, I mean, out of out of everything on that third restart, he 
you know, science was the only one to um, actually get penalised. Yeah, I don't think science was any worse than, like, Sergeant, but then I kind of wonder if Sergeant probably should have got a penalty, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think I think science is desperate. I think that's what that's what his problem was there. You, so, you so opposed yeah. his voice. Yeah, you know, uh, he he Joey didn't do his pit pit uh, interviews after the race. Did he not? No, he was too, he was talking to the thing and the the. Um, I heard the recording of it with someone asked him a question. And he said, "Look," he said, "I um," he said, "I can't talk right now." He said, "I can't talk." He said, "I I'm not going to do this until I've spoke to the." Uh, to the race directors, he said. Then I, he said, I will come straight back out. But right now, I'm not talking to anybody. Well, I mean, the radio message they played apparently was only about half of um, what was said. And yes, I'm sure some of it was probably not broadcast. Yeah, I, I think he cried. I think he was just like, and I'm not. This isn't me trying to take the piss out of him or anything like that. But you could genuinely hear his voice starting to break. Yeah. when he was in the car. Oh no, he he sounded he sounded on the verge of tears. Yeah. Um, which is weird because like it was it was fourth, you know he was yeah. he was he was going to be in fourth. Um, but yeah, no, clearly, clearly a man that's career might not be going the way he wants it to. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean the Aston Martin is actually making Stroll look okay. Maybe it is okay. Mm-hmm. Like I think there there is definitely going to have to become a point where if if Stroll stops making stupid moves. And he keeps, but and he's within like half a second of Fernando, and he's keeping his, that Aston Martin deep in the, uh, in the, like in the point scoring positions. We're gonna have to go. Do you know what? Stroll's dad might have bought a team, but Stroll probably deserves to be in Formula One too. Yes, yeah, so a Stroll track next as well, isn't it? He likes Baku, or well, seems to get on well there. And yeah, he's been on the podium there before. Twice, yeah. I think. Yeah, N- nearly got a, nearly got a second. If it hadn't been for um, Bottas being told to stick his engine in quality mode and uh, yeah, sod the lifespan and go for it. Do you think, in some ways, Fernando Alonso and maybe maybe this is the first time this has ever happened for a driver that Alonso has been a teammate of? Do you think it actually takes the pressure off Stroll? Because that team is now that team's about. Fernando Alonso, which means it's not about daddy's team with your son. Yeah, which, I mean, Stroll got some good results at Williams. Yeah. As soon as Racing Point became a thing, mm-hmm. it was all, oh, yeah, he's, he's only got the seat because of who his dad is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, he, you know, he started screwing up worse than he had uh, than he had done at Williams. I mean, he still doesn't know how to use his mirrors, but... <laughs> no, but but let's be let's be perfectly honest here. He's uh, he wouldn't be the first crashy Formula One driver we've had. No, no, no. That is that is true. He's not as crashy as Pastor Maldonado. No, no. Nobody's as crashy as Pastor Maldonado. No, <laughs> no. This this successful kamikaze pilot that aren't as crashy as Fernando. Is it Fernando Alonso? Godly, don't say that. Damn you. Um. But yeah, I I think the other thing is as well as well as it just being like Alonso's team, so that takes the pressure off him as well. Um, the he like he had a broken Vettel next to him, uh, but before and then it was a case of when he did well, it was like, well, it's not Vettel, is it? You know, if Vettel was real Vettel, he wouldn't be beating Vettel. And then when Vettel would beat him, it would be like, well, obviously Vettel's beating uh, Lance Stroll, 
But he goes into this situation, nobody expects him to beat Fernando Alonso. And it doesn't matter if he doesn't beat Fernando Alonso because it's one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all, of all time. Uh, like, and not like a, a you, you could argue that Sebastian Vettel is one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time, but not when he was in that car. No. You know, he said that the that the Vettel, one of the best drivers of all time, left Red Bull and never came back. Yeah. Um, whereas Fernando Alonso, somehow at the age of forty-one or seventy, whatever he is, uh, it seems <laughs> to be in the form of his life. I want to know what he's on, and I want some of it. All of it, all of like whatever the rocks are, he's doubled it. <laughs> Doesn't the um, have like six kilos of cod a day or something ridiculous <laughs> like that? There's, there's like an unfeasible amount of fish. Uh, oh, dude, the other thing is as well the um, like the the capacity he had. I was amazed when that when that red flag dropped. And he just went, "Well, oh, it's Silverstone, isn't it? It's just like Silverstone, so it'll be mm. it'll be the lap back." Yeah, he seemed to know yeah. before anyone at the FIA. Yeah, it was so quick, and it, he he said that in between being punted off by yeah. science and getting to the next corner, like it, it was so fast. He'd he'd gone through that situation in his head whilst in a Formula One car, whilst being punted off the road by like his compatriot in a Ferrari. Not not just his compatriot, his protege, protege. Yeah, the um, yeah, crazy. He's a robot. That 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 can only be it. He's not the real Fernando. He's a he's a replicant. <laughs> I tell you what, though, you, you you definitely get that thing, don't you? You know, I know I've I've said it now and again, thinking I'm not gonna lie. Maybe I didn't even believe it at the time. Uh, but you do properly get that feeling when you watch Fernando. Now you go, fuck yeah! Like if he gets the car, now, you know, if he gets a car capable of challenging Max properly, there's still a world championship in Fernando Alonso. The scary thing is, I'm going to have to agree with you on a Alonso thought. Yeah, <laughs> like if if that car, if that, I mean, not if that uh, Austin Martin was what a second quicker, probably. You know, if you if you if you factor in sandbagging for like what what Max is probably doing, if if there was another second in that uh, uh, Austin Martin, that that would be. A championship battle between him and Matt. Well, t- talking talking of sandbagging, George Russell said that he reckons Red Bull are sandbagging just so that um, FIA or Formula One don't change the regulations to hinder him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I think Mercedes that that might be Mercedes and George just saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like shit stirring? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um. This, this, they, 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 someone needs to catch up though, because he looks unstoppable, doesn't it? Yeah, that Red Bull. Yeah, I mean, when he um, when he passed Hamilton, it was like, oh, right, okay, game over, that's it, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was just no defending it, was there? No. Aside from that brief moment where he ended up on the grass. Yeah, that was wild. That he was going fastest lap, was he? Yeah, and I was like, oh, where's he gone? Yeah, I mean, Red Bull were having. Well, might as well do the top two teams all at once because yeah. I mean Red, yeah, Bull, yeah. Red Bull were having brake trouble all weekend because when uh, when Perez went off in Q1 he was saying that's the same problem that's been mm-hmm. um, been happening before well, where he's been locking colder, up I think a lot of them were saying wasn't it because um, it's a couple of weeks later in the year anyway but just the weather forecast particularly 
the first couple of days, not so much for the race, was just so much colder. Mm. No one was getting heat into their tyres. Nothing was like up to temperature. And yeah, for a few people, it just didn't come together as they thought it would. Yeah, and it was yeah, giving Red Bull brake locking issues. And then normally, you never see a Red Bull lock up. Not unless somebody's come, not to, very often. come to a halt yeah. in front of them. Yeah. Obviously, the conspiracy theorists were out in force saying, oh, yeah, they've done they've done something to Checo's car so that he doesn't stand a chance of winning this week. It did seem weird, though, didn't it? Mm. It was very un-Checo. Um, yeah, because... Well, maybe, maybe he just buckled as well. Because, like, you know, people were kept turning around and said, oh, you know, it's, he won the last race, then nearly equal on points. Uh, Australia's a street circuit. Baku's a street circuit. Where are we after Baku? Is it Monaco? Is it... Um, um, Canada. Canada. Canada and then Canada. Back. Then so Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. Uh, Canada, Monaco, then Spain. Yeah. So geographically, so it makes the, sense. Yeah, you had that run of street circuits. People were like, he's a street circuit specialist. Could could he leave Monaco, like, ahead in the championship, go, go into Spain? Uh, this stops that, really, from being a thing. You know, the... He's not gonna. I, I, Max will have to have a DNF or two, I think, for him to, like, to properly get ahead now. So it's done. If if they wanted to do it, it's done its job. Mm. But no, I, I, I just think it was a, you know, it was a genuine car issue. Yeah. You know, he had an off wheel. Uh, he still, he, you know, he still, he still got up to fifth. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I must say, I'm not saying I believe that. By mm. the way, I'm just you know, it's it's it, it, if that's what they wanted to do. I don't really see what benefit a team has doing that when they've got such a dominant car. No, then you just multi twenty one, don't you? Well, it's not even just that. It's like you, you, you could say, oh well, if you're, um, if you let the drivers race, you're gonna, you know, the, the drivers are gonna fall out with each other, and you're gonna have loads of problems that that way. I would argue that favoring one driver over another to that level will mean you have driver problems anyway. Mm. And, and you don't and the, know at this point of the season, do you? Like, Max Verstappen could go completely off the boil, and if you've tanked your other driver, then where yeah, are you yeah. in the championship? It's fairly fairly short odds, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's unlikely, but it's not It's not like you, <laughs> can't, you can't 19, pull it out. 1999 Ferrari. Hmm? What happened in 1999? Schumacher broke his leg and uh, yes, mis- mysteriously Eddie Irvine missed out on um, the Drivers' Championship because of um, supposed car trouble in Japan because they just couldn't get the setup right, but they still did enough to win the Constructors. Ah. Yeah, uh, Mr. Ferrari would barbecue his own mother for that World Championship now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was, blat- that was blatantly obvious what they were doing to Irvine. He was, you know, he was, he was Ferrari'd out of it. Yeah. That, that that was so stupid, you know. When looking back, and that, that the the idea that somehow, uh, even if Schumacher then went on to win more championships, which he obviously would have done, somehow that those championships would have been not as valuable because Irvine had won one. That is the stupidest logic, like in the world. Prime Ferrari. Prime Ferrari, yeah, Prime Ferrari. Maybe they've always been capable of it. They've always <laughs> been capable of being Ferrari. They just they haven't been able to sh- like to swing for the fences like they can now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 
Um, I mean, looking looking at Mercedes, um, strong starts from both of them. Yeah. Really good starts. Surprisingly yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I mean, Russell Russell getting away and then about a two or three second gap by the time... Uh, oh, yeah, he went. Yeah, by the time the safety car came out and then just got, well, got Ferrari luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as he yeah. came in, as soon as Russell came into the pit lane and signs followed, it was like, oh, this ain't the right call. Ferrari have one car they only have one car and they're bringing it in this is definitely not the right call and and as it turned out I mean if his if his engine hadn't have completely let go he'd have been he'd have been battling for fifth fourth that's what I'd do if I was if I was a Ferrari driver if if they were talking to me about strategy before they even opened the mouse I'd go no no wait I've got a new strategy uh, there's a dartboard over there with all the other teams minus Charles Leclerc on it. Uh, <laughs> just throw a dart at the dartboard, pick our driver, and we shadow them on strategy. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I mean, was it being signed to coming in? You know, he is head for our strategist. Our certainly... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You know, would 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 he have said, "Are you sure, guys?" This, I mean, this is true. We have hypothesised this before. Yeah, it was the right move. Like, I, if mm. if that safety car hadn't have come out, and you wouldn't have thought from that incident that a safety car, or sorry, if that red flag hadn't flag. happened, mm-hmm. um, like Russell and uh, Carlos quid seats, like they were they were in there. You know, it's they. I don't think. Um, I don't think George would have won the race, but he'd have had a better chance of winning the race than mm-hmm. they did than Lewis did by staying out. Yeah, yeah, you because know, when you think that, I suppose the um, the thought Russell probably had because it was his call to come in, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. they could have used uh, Lewis to maybe hold. Verstappen up a little bit. Uh, you had Carlos coming in with George as well. So when um, I I'm, I don't think it would have took long for um, for Max to dispatch Carlos, but it's another car he'd have had to get past mm-hmm. on the way to getting George back. Yeah, and you know it's a, so that's it's more of a gap George could have built up. So I think if that safety car hadn't have come out, that George would have been nailed on for second place. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think so. It was it was just unfortunate, and then I mean the rarity of a Mercedes engine letting go. Yeah, that's it's very such spectacular fashion. Yeah, quite worrying actually on like race three. Yeah, yeah. I mean you know that was that was up with Malaysia twenty sixteen. Mm. Yeah, was it one of Sainz's last year as well? Had a proper like fiery let go. I know that's not a Mercedes, yeah. but. Yeah, it was um, at Austria. He got off the got off the track, and the car started rolling backwards on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is sort of yeah. It is. It, they just go, don't they? They go from like a little bit of smoke to like oh hi, it's a massive fire, very quickly. Yeah, that was one where the marshal tried to stop it with his shoe. It's not a good idea. <laughs> that was all he had. <laughs> he had two things he could put under the wheel to stop it moving: his shoe or the fire extinguisher. And the fire extinguisher. Better off putting the fire. Little more better. needed. Yeah, better up on the fire extinguisher and trying to put it out with your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the Ferrari way of doing things, and it punch the fire out. Mm. 
Um, on on the other drivers in the top top um, well in the top two teams, um, Hamilton we haven't we haven't talked about. That was um, that's probably that's probably his best drive this year. Oh, definitely. And um, he seemed to be happy at the end. Yeah, which we didn't get a great deal of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, our Mercedes coming back. No, I think I think they I think they flattered to deceive with everything else that was going on. Mm-hmm. I think that it was I, I I don't think they flattered to deceive with everything else that was going on because they were legitimately uh, up there in qualifying. You know, it's it like it's in qualifying positions like that was a, a legitimate front row start for one of them. Um. But I do think it was track specific. Yeah, the, I mean Mercedes Mercedes race pace is what they really need to concentrate on. We saw yeah. a lot of this last year, specifically early on last year with Mercedes. So that even though they were off the pace, they just kind of got everything right so that when it went wrong for other people, they were in the right place, and that's where they were sort of picking up all their podiums. Mm. That's maybe a bit bit of that. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Just because the the car isn't quite where they wanted it to be, it doesn't mean that they are not still operationally a really good, strong Formula yeah. One team. Oh yeah, just Do you think this could mess them up though, like the the, the this result and being up, like because they need to, if they're going to abandon this concept of car, like they they need to they need to have all heads agreed that that's what they're doing. I, I'm absolutely convinced there will be fans of this concept of car when they, you know when they got back into the debrief. Go and see. I told you we just need to keep working with this car. Um, yeah, but then in four weeks' time, when we're talking about Baku, when we see how how much down on top speed they are, which is something that you desperately need there with that with those straights. Yeah. They're not too bad, you know, on the top speed. They're the second. The the Mercedes are second to Red Bull. But the problem is they are coming onto the longest straight off some high speed corners, which is where they're going to be lacking. They'll get the top yeah, speed. Yeah. They'll get the top speed, but they will get it later than Red Bull do, which is going to give oh, them the okay. deficit. I mean, yeah, they're still going to be down on Red Bull because Red Bull have got a massive top speed. But see, that's the 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 interesting thing is I think it's something like oh fuck it, what would it be? I'm trying to trying to think. I know I know where if it's if it's in kilometers, not miles per hour. I think it's something like the the Red Bull have a good like eleven kilometers an hour on the straights to to Mercedes. Oh no, no, it's maybe it's five, and then it's the, it's eleven with D, it's eleven under DRS. Yeah, and then the uh, Aston Martin is is behind the. Um, the Mercedes by a good chunk as well. They're they're really bad for like for straight line speed. I think that was the uh, Austin Martin actually said they were going to use this race to address whether they need a new rear wing, and that's where they need to put their like their resources now is to drop some drag off the rear wing. And I I would suggest looking at the that I I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. I was looking at them yesterday. Uh, I I. I'd say that they will definitely come to that conclusion that they need to, they need to trim some, some drag off that car. Um, but I think, but I think, Mercedes will, you know, they, I will, don't see them having the same kind of performance in Baku. 
No, I, it would be nice. I, I, Red Bull are going to be unstoppable in Black Baku. Yeah, like I mean, it's, it's going to be an absolute walk. The I think DRS advantage that um, that Red Bull had. Yeah, this weekend it was crazy. Do you think there is a? And I, I'm not sure how I feel about this either. And it's it it's probably it probably opens it up for for a slightly more broader conversation um, about the the entertainment factor. That people keep talking about when it comes to Formula One, but these rules, like people are are, are saying now, like oh, if is it, the FIA are going to try and hold up Red Bull, but the the rules were were made in a way, like we, even before the, these new cars launched, it was like look, they they want to help like have some sort of convergence where it comes to uh, like the speed of the cars, and the rules have been implemented in a way so if somebody does like interpret the rules too well those those interpretations can then be trimmed back to try and squeeze the grid together you know that's that's the whole idea of it um do you think that's where it's going to happen is this t- straight line advantage if it if a team can can lodge a decent enough protest as to why the red bull seem to be so slippery in a straight line especially with their drs They've got they've got to find something even borderline illegal, and I don't think they can because um, the way that Red Bull are designing the cars is completely bulletproof. Maybe it do, but it does seem strange um, in this era of Formula One where the cars are so, uh, are so tightly regulated. You know, it's uh, it it seems weird that they've managed to find such a deficit. To the rest of the teams, yeah. you know, Mercedes haven't forgot how to make Formula One cars. You know, Ferrari haven't forgot how to make like Formula One cars that can nearly win championships. Um, it's yeah, this it just it it just seems like such a I I don't I, I don't think it's the most dominant car like Formula One's ever seen by any stretch of imagination. I oh think. God, no! I mean, yeah. you know, Lewis keeps saying I've never I've never seen a more dominant car than this year's Red Bull. Yeah, because he was in it. He didn't see it because he was. Yeah, you know the the difference. The difference there is the Red Bull is round about half half a second faster in race pace. The what was it? The twenty seventeen Mercedes was one point one seconds faster than everybody else in yeah, race ridiculous. pace. Probably yeah, ridiculous. sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's closed up, um, and there's a car that's got the most out of the rules. I suppose that that see that's the other thing as well, and I. I get the whole thing of like, well, you shouldn't penalise someone for doing a good job, and I get that. Yeah, you, you know, it's I, I understand, but at the end of the day, Formula One, the aspect we watch, as much as interesting as the engineering is, especially to like to certain people, especially like people like Scarps, I get it uh, how interesting that the engineering side is. Ninety nine percent of people watch Formula One because they just want to watch people race each other in quick cars. Yeah. So anything you can do to try and even the playing field, because that's you kind of not. Yeah, you might be penalising the team, but by P, let let's say you could shave, you could legitimately shave half a second off the off the Red Bull and say, "Look, you have done this magic thing. We have decided this magic thing is illegal. Half a second has gone off your car right now." People would go, "Well, uh, that's penalising Red Bull." So that's unfair. But then you go, well, no, because now everybody competes on a le- on a level playing field. 
or a more level playing field. You know, you're actually going to get a race. You're going to see whether Lewis Hamilton can beat Max Verstappen. You're going to see whether Fernando Alonso can beat the two of them. But until that car advantage disappears, then it might as well be cheating at that point because it's there's nothing equal about it anyway. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing with Formula One, though, isn't it? It's not a spec series. You know, every, yeah, yeah. That, every, I, every team, every team is free to interpret the rules as um, as they see fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within the rules and the guidelines. And if somebody does it better, then. Yeah. They get the, the que- they get the success. The question then needs to be had is is that is that viable in our in the way we currently consume entertainment? Um, it, can 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 you have let, let's say we had a, like a Ferrari era of dominance in another. Five years time, for instance. I, I don't just mean now because people's people's attention spans don't disappear overnight. We are like this core, like Formula One fanatic group, which will always watch every race. And it, like, if it, uh, the only bad thing about a Formula One race is not it's never ten laps longer than it is. Um, but but we are we're also a generation that people that grew up with four TV channels and no mobile phones. And uh, we're, we're that, we are, we've straddled that technological thing. Can I can I just say I'm old enough to remember when there was only three? I know, look, I, <laughs> I'm being kind to you by just saying where here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the um, the thing is, like the, the, the people that are, that are going to be watch, form, watch Formula One are uh, are going to be people that watch TikTok and watch, or maybe not watch TikTok for much longer, but also have this just this wealth of entertainment. So if if people tune into Formula One and it's boring, they're just going to go, all right. Well, there's everything else in the world that I can get instant access to from any device I have. Why would I put time and effort into watching something that's not interesting? And I think that's that's why. F1's going for the for the I don't know for the sideshow stuff as well to get the interest yeah. and the race becomes a smaller percentage of the F1 experience. Maybe I I, I see no I, I, I see no no problem with um like like when like what we start the show talking about the the idea that the, there is a prerogative in uh within the uh, the FIA and uh, race stewards under under most circumstances we will try and get racing and people talk about that like it's a bad thing which is really weird like when you had people online yesterday that would have preferred the race just to end with five laps behind a safety car than them try and get racing again mm-hmm. what's wrong with Formula 1 fans You know, why would you why would you prefer just to watch a race finish on a safety car when you when you can just restart the race and have five racing laps or three racing laps? Mm-hmm. Oh, as soon as that red flag came out with a few laps to go, it was like, yes, a sprint. That's what we Well, need. this is it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I thought it was great. And then mm-hmm. you, you go online and the this the the vocal like Twitter Formula One crowd 
I, they, I, and the funny thing is, those same people, if it would have finished under a safety car, would have complained it finished under a safety car like we used to do when it used to finish when things finished under safety car. Like the IndyCar did after Grosjean binned it last night. Yeah, yes. it's it's. No one's ever enjoyed seeing a Formula One one, uh, one race finish behind a safety car. It's horrible. You feel you feel like you've been cheated. I think when it, when that happens. Mm. But yeah, it's, I I think I think Formula One moving in a moving in a direction where they go, look, we have to entertain people. You're not fixing races. You know, it's it's not we're not we're not going like WWE where on the podium where oh, whoever comes. F- Whoever finished fourth comes out and cuts a promo on the top three before the next race. Um, now, now the the same enough for UFC now the merging. I know, yeah, I I think it's a really good thing, and I'm quite happy about that. I th- I thought it was going to get bought by the Saudis for a while. Um, Fight entertainment. Yeah, um, isn't that boxing now? Boxing seems to have gone very WWE without the chairs. <laughs> But yeah, I I don't know. It just it I, I I saw a race. I was quite frustrated on Sunday. Like I saw a race that was incredibly entertaining. That had realistically, when you had a car as strong as the Red Bull, shouldn't have had anywhere near the drama and twists and turns it had. I was just happy I I was entertained for an afternoon. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't France. It's true. There was definitely nothing. There was definitely more entertainment than that. I think you need minds to make France like interesting. <laughs> like offline, offline you have landmines. <laughs> it, it would be a lot better. Um, should we do our usual rock stars and wankers? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wings triumphant. Apologies for um, saying it wasn't you that normally does it the other week. I was very tired. Um, has given um, his usual list of suggestions. I'll, I'll go. I'll go through these and then we can. Uh, discuss and add to um starts off with red bull for the usual domination Perez for a decent bit of overtaking at a track where it's usually somewhat tricky to overtake we're calling the red yeah. bull domination rock star not wanker yeah okay yeah uh there was there was fairly good overtakes wasn't there yeah, the, yeah. Uh, for australia i tell you what was a wanker was that um extra drs zone yeah completely unnecessary is a lot D- i mean D- yeah. drs um it's an overfake to begin with. Yeah. But having two DRS zones with only one detection point gives you the advantage. You get past somebody, and you then use you your DRS on the second yeah. section, and you don't have to defend, and whoever's behind you can fall out of um, can fall out of range for the next zone. Yeah. Tell you, tell you what, that that's definitely the thing. Like, if if you wanted to talk about putting like making cars close to each other, um, getting cars to the point where we can get rid of DRS, that's that's how you, that that's a gimmick we should we should be aiming to get rid of, or make it completely open. You can use it. You can use it whenever you want. That's that's more sensible. I mean, it negates do it. It negates having it because the minute somebody tries to use DRS on you, that you just use your DRS and then you just go hurtling towards a corner to certain death together. <laughs> they used but, to do that um, in quali, didn't they? I think did you used to have unlimited DRS in quali? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when the quality laps were about three seconds faster than the fastest lap in the race. Well, I remember the well because when three more like five. Yeah, I, I remember when they first introduced DRS, didn't they? There was always there was that sort of tongue in cheek sort of thing, like who's going to be the one that tries to go through a rouge with DRS open there? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, that, yeah. Or even like take the, um, like we're all into hybrids and electricity and stuff like that in car, in Formula One cars now. Uh, like a legit push to push to pass button. Yeah. I prefer that to DRS. Yeah, you got your energy recovery, your battery boost, and I mean, Kurs was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that that definitely worked. Uh, right, other rock stars, Mercedes for a significant leap forward. Now I'm I'm torn on this one because yes, it was a leap forward for them, but um, was it track specific? Yeah, we don't know if it's a leap forward or just a good weekend. Yeah. Um, Alonso for another great podium. Briefly yeah. capable of taking the fight to Hamilton until the second to last red flag. Also, second to last red flag shouldn't be a sentence that's used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, McLaren and Piastri for his first points. Maybe it was pace, maybe it was luck, but good to see a temporary recovery. Mm-hmm. Hulkenberg for matching Leclerc on points. I mean, I, I mean, I would say that makes Hulkenberg a rock star and Leclerc an instant wanker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll get I'll get to the um get to the Ferrari bit in the wankers section. Now he says Australian fans for putting up with the evening sun through three red flags. Um, the promoters were called to the stewards at the end for fans getting onto the track during the cool down lap. Yeah, never seen the promoter called to the stewards before. Like summonsed, not just yeah. like oh come in for a chat and a biscuit. Yeah, proper FIA documents and um. You know, the promoter's now being referred to the World Motorsport Council for um, not providing adequate security for stop people getting on track while the track was live. They are, they are really pissy now, aren't they, the, the race stewards? But, you know, there seems to be this real, like... I, I, I don't want to sound like a like an 80-year-old Formula One driver that thinks if you don't come home on fire, you haven't raced today. <laughs> um. But there does seem to be a real nanny attitude with things. I think the kind of the aggravating issue here was that the red light was on on Hulkenberg's car, so it was live. And there's like right. a load of fans just being allowed to walk up to it. Right. I think I think the, the issue from a sort of fan safety point of view. No, oh, okay. So, yeah. No, that's fair enough. I suppose you, I, I was just thinking of it being in a, in a classic Formula One sense then, mm. not forgetting that those things are essentially fucking live electrocution machine <laughs> yeah <laughs> something go wrong with them yeah that's fair you know i mean th- some people would say that you probably shouldn't just like walk up to and touch a car that's not yours as well that's also that element or uh, yeah yeah <laughs> especially a broken down one yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean how many t- how many times have we heard since um since curs was a thing get out of the car and don't touch the bodywork yes jump clear jump clear of the car um i, I have a good I have a, I have a relevant comment from somebody. Oh, good. Um, that was that was at the race. If I can just if I can find it, it's worth it. Uh, it this is from uh, the Gez the Gez two on Twitter. Uh, he replied to me talk about the Australian Grand Prix, and he said I was at the track. Uh, it was maddening, but I have to say we were thoroughly entertained. So that was a different one, a different one. But somebody else referred to them as selves as having a great time at the at the track, having somewhere in the region of thirty eleven beers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't forget for the um, for all the races at Bathurst to put a limit on how much you can take in. 
So yeah. what, what people do is they turn up early, like about a week early, pick the spot, bury their booze stash, mark it, and then come back, camp there, bring a shovel, and they've got another 30, 11, well, flat, probably. This is the thing. When you say as well it's restricted, it's not like you can only bring in four. I think it's restricted to spend like 24 and like six bottles of wine per person. Per person per day. <laughs> but it's a pretty generous allowance. Oh, yeah. But they, yeah. But they still want more. <laughs> Um, and an honourable mention to Alpine for lending their grid cart to Alfa Romeo after both of their cars went out. Yeah, that was nice. I'm going to throw Alonso in there as well for um, towing the towing the grid cart himself. Yeah, yeah, he like dragged a, a thing of tyres, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, the wanker list. FIA for taking so long with the confusing restarts. Now I don't think so because the rules are that convoluted that I think they needed to check, double-check, triple-check, and get independent adjudication on whether what they were doing was the right thing. I don't know, how, how hard is open document control F find the section on red flag? But again, it's, you've then got uh, every single Formula One team boss trying to fin- finesse the rules to benefit their team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it probably didn't take them long to work it out. It took them a while to field nine or ten. That's the thing. The longer you wait, the longer you've got this sort of campaigning. Yeah. To, to quote the uh, undisputed goat um, <laughs> of FIA rulemaking, rule we went motor racing. <laughs> that fits in with um, the entire Sky team, even Ted Kravitz, for not shutting up about Massey and Abu Dhabi 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your timing is still there. Not sure where there is. <laughs> Can we have just a black Three Legs, Four Wheels t-shirt with just We Went Motor Racing on it? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on some working on some new merch. I'm trying to find a new that, merch company. Um, that feels that feels like something that might shift a couple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just um, on the on the subject of merch, just um, do it in orange. Oh my god! <laughs> just a quick shout out to um, one of our longest listeners, Rich Walker. The stalker. <laughs> um, we are going to get some hats sorted out soon, so uh, you will be able to get a three legs four wheels hat to go along with the. Um, Wall hanging that you take in with you when you go camping at various racetracks for uh, IMSA series. What style of hat? Baseball caps. Okay. Baseball caps. I'm trying to find trying to find a good baseball cap supply. So if anyone knows one that does print and dispatch on demand, let me know. But um, yeah, it's good. It's good to know that Rich is still listening to us eight years on because he was one of our first ever listeners. Um, moving away from honorary rock stars like Rich, back to the wankers list, Ferrari and Alpine for all their crashes. I can see it as a racing incident, but I don't see why during a race start or restart, the drivers just seem to not be aware that other drivers might be tightly packed round them. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, George Russell's engine for costing Merck a double points finish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone online throwing accusations at Max over the grid box incident without checking if it was actually against the rules. It's not. It's not. The tyres were on the white line, which is legal. The yellow yeah. line is only guidance, which shows you roughly where the centre centre of your tyres should go. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, the rule only states that you have to be within your grid position. So the penalties that we've seen in the previous races, the driver has been outside of that box, to the right or to the left, I think um, Ocon and Alonso were. But yeah, you as long as you are on or within the, the white lines, it doesn't matter if you're a little bit further forward. I mean, it surprised me that um, there's no actual standard size for grid boxes. Yeah, you get what you're given, I think. Yeah, the, they are, yeah. they're different at every track. I mean, for something that is so, I don't know, rule Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised when I was looking that rule up that, that it wasn't more specific than just you've got to be within your position. Yeah, we just don't know how big the position is. <laughs> and the German... Just quickly on the grid box thing, like for, as far as people, like the the newfound fascination with maybe people going like over, like you have the, like the engineers sort of sit on the, like on on the side waiting to see, you know, if they need to run, run back anyway, you know, if somebody stores on the grid. Yeah. Is there not a system we could work in where the, you have a representative, a, a representative, a representative a that's easy for you to say yeah yeah just a person mm-hmm. um from each team like from where that grid box is so and and like a cone or something that i'm sure you could think of something much more formula one than that just have a cone at the, at the front so the second your car like bops its nose on the cone your man just runs out grabs the car and disappears or big lollipop yeah, so they can yeah, do, it from, do it from the side yeah. of the grid. Big lollipop, get your bloke in mm. place, take your lollipop away. Now, that would work for too far forward, but would it work for left or right? That is the question. Well, yes, because you should have the lollipop central, so the driver would then have some... Yeah, but you, you do get a lot of, lot of drivers pulling into the grid boxes at a slight angle. Yeah, but if they've got a thing in the middle saying, this is the centre... All they've got to do is get their eyes in line with the lollipop yeah, and they're in the middle. Yeah. If they come into the right of the lollipop, then they know they've fucked it. You can even just put a rule there like 90% of the car has to be within the box. How about how about make a standardised size for the box? Standard size of box would be a good start. Because you've got the, yeah. the car is the same size at every race. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like uh, I've never known it be an issue before, you know. Mm. The, there's been a there's been a couple of times where people have been sort of out of position or something and that's happened, but it's it's never made such noise. I think it's something they've consciously decided they're cracking down on. So I think things like the Ocon one, I think you would see in the past and be like, oh, he's to the left, he's not too far forward, it's fine. Whereas well, for, I mean, for reasons they've decided they're, they're hot on that this year. They can't even work out what parts of the track a car's allowed to leave all four wheels past the white line. Uh, How about we work that out first? (laughs) How about we work out that cars should stay on the track throughout the entirety of the race? Very controversial. Uh, If that's too too complicated, what the hell are you going to do about um, um, where they're standing still? I know. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe there's someone in there that said, look, what the, the thing is, we're tackling something that's difficult because the cars are moving. If we start at trying to keep them within the white lines where the car's still, then we'll move up to trying to keep them in the white lines when the car's moving. Nah, too nah, too complicated. <laughs> and just the one last just the one last one from Wings, which we all agree with the German Nazi Participation Award, Valtteri Bottas. Which yes. we'd, al- yes. we'd already called that anyway. 
I am I am here for uh, rock stars and wankers being such an audience participatory thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't remember a time we've had so many like like write-ins for like the rock stars and wankers to where it's felt like its own section, like yeah. proper section. Oh, well, I think I know it should. I think it should be a community thing. It it, it is, and yeah. we've definitely got the community doing it. I mean. Um... Every, you know, there's a load of people. If you want to send in rock stars and wankers, join our Discord server. There's the um, there's the chat on there during the race and obviously after the race because uh, he sent this at twenty. Might, might even be worth last throwing a tweet up. Might even be worth throwing a tweet up for this. Yeah, I'll um, I will I will do something along those lines with uh, with an invite to the Discord server. Um, one other thing I may throw a tweet up for as well is if you want to um, want to help us out, you can subscribe to our Patreon which will get you the show early. Um, on weeks where we have advertisers, you get it completely ad-free. And when we've got time, um, not when we're doing a two-hour show that got um, start delayed because Lee was finishing off watching WrestleMania with Shunt Jr. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let you have that one. It was a two-night thing. Um, we do extra shows. I think we're going to... I think next week we'll do what is normally a sort of Patreon-esque show for everyone. Yeah, because there's not going to be a great deal of F1 to talk about with a four-week break. Now you've, you've cursed it now. Yeah, cursed it now. <laughs> so the return of return of Rosberg. Hamilton <laughs> retires. <laughs> Maldonado gets a seat. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll fit the um. We'll, there'll be all the tangents next week as well as F1. Ah. So just go to Patreon.com/slash Three Legs Four Wheels. And if you want to get in touch, email three legs four wheels at gmail.com, um, at three legs four wheels on the socials, and individually on Twitter, we are at Sean Cowper. Must see audio. At Pablo100, and Chris is at Flood21. Uh, right, we will be back next week with something. Yeah. I'm mm. pretty sure there'll be, uh, there will be something. And uh, until then, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.